Hello, Ben. You were once a rock star. Uh, kinda. So, like, what happened? Well, okay. Sorry, I had to fiddle with some audio things. Hope you didn't move your mouse. <laughs> I did, I did. Um, yeah, so we left off last time. Um, I was talking a little bit about, uh, I think it was just this this show that I was playing, um, and uh, Liam couldn't enter, uh, be in the bar after the show or before it, right? I think that was what it was. Yeah, and he was, we basically left off, and Liam was sitting in the van, listening to music, and uh, he said that he had kind of figured it out, and he was sick of taking all of D-Bag's shit. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, basically, uh, after that show, or like during it, uh, I went to go see uh, Liam in the van, because he was just chilling there, and he was listening to some tunes. And he just so happened to be listening to um, uh, this band called Under Oath. And uh, this is a pretty influential band back in the day. They're they're pretty awesome. And there's some licks in some Under Oath songs. And I was like, hey, man, Liam, like, uh, I don't want to ruin your day, but we kind of have some, like, stolen rhythms from, I feel like, some other bands. And he's like, what? No. And I'm like, yeah, so, like listen to this song and I, we compared to what we had written and stuff and <clears throat> Liam's like, Holy shit. That is so similar. I mean, it's a rhythm, a chugging rhythm. Um, I think I, I sent you a song that we did and basically the whole, all, every song was just chugging really. Um, to say it was heavy would be an understatement. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty heavy. I, I like, I forgot actually how heavy it was until I listened to that one song I had found. I'm Ben Grenell, and this is Character. Episode 12, The Dropkick. guys were basically like if led zeppelin was a hardcore band that would be you just taking taking people's riffs and turning them into your own songs yeah that's what it was like um when kind of liam started figuring things out is like he took um like a bunch of influential songs that we back in the day that we all really liked and you just kind of start listening to them more closely and he's like man that really sounds like this song and this song and this song and i'm like yeah because the way that d-bag wrote is he would sit in his room with an uh, like an album say like the under oath album and he would just like play it and tr- what it seemed like is he was trying to recreate what was in the songs but since he couldn't he just kind of like made this like different rhythm from it i mean i'm not saying like some bands don't do stuff like that but um yeah it it just wasn't really that cool at the time it was, it was like serious appropriation yeah, like, he, I don't know. He just, like, ripped a bunch of, like, really good breakdowns from songs and stuff like that. 
Um, so that like finally was like what like we all kind of had the same feels at the time. No one really wanted to speak up. It was like me and D-Bag were the most vocal to each other because I didn't want to take his shit. And he was um, ideally he was just scared. He even admitted at one point that he was scared. And this and this is the reason why uh, I don't know if I said the reason why I wasn't in the band in the first place. But this no, is, you left it as a cliffhanger. Yeah, this is the reason why I wasn't in the band in the first place. So D-Bag was scared that since I was a better guitar player than he was, that I was going to take his spot and replace him. That was like the dumbest thing I ever heard. But didn't D-Bag start the band? Well, it was like D-Bag's cabin, D-Bag's like, like garage and stuff. That's like his parents you know, place. And then they all kind of, we all kind of like, they started the band together and kind of shunned me out. But it was like, I never really understood why they shunned me out. And it's like, since he was like the leader and whatever he said and did, um, he was, he's like a huge manipulator, uh, by the way. Like, I don't mean to like keep bragging on the guy, but I kind of have to, cause that's kind of his personality. I don't know. He could be different now. I don't know. Um, I did see him years later and he was still the same person. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, he, that, that's what it seemed like was like, um, I would write a bunch of riffs and, and then I like looked back on it. Like when we're sitting in the garage and I'd be like, we weren't the, it wasn't the band yet. And I'd be playing some, some licks that I'd wrote and I'm like, Oh yeah, these are cool. And people were like, Oh yeah, those are really sweet. Now I just, in the back of my head, was he thinking the whole time, like, Holy shit, why can't I write like that? Um, and then like, eventually he just was like, you know, like we're gonna start this band without Chris, and then later on found out that he was scared that I was gonna take his place, which I thought was completely ridiculous because um, most bands I thought at the band at the time all bands needed two guitar players, like that's what I thought. So it was just like kind of blew my mind. So like, did you ever approach him about it? Were you like, did you say like confront him and say like, hey D bag, I was kind of choked that. I was never included in the band or how did that go about? No, we never really, we never talked about that era, but we did talk about like the, the after effect, like him saying that to us, that he thought that I was going to take his place. Um, uh, he, he was just like upset afterwards and like, and then I don't know, it just kind of got brushed under the rug. And then all of the like anger at each other just like was the only thing on the surface. Uh, we just like, we, man, there's like so many times where we've gotten vocal fights about stuff and then, and just like physical fights. And it was really strange to me that the rest of the dudes didn't like say anything ever. And I was the only one to like say anything to this guy, like when he was being a piece of shit or like he was doing something on tour, uh, that was like, like a complete asshole move to somebody, um, uh, like I was the only one to call him out for a shit. Like, uh, man, like so much happens. Like, I don't want to really have to bring up a lot of things. Cause some of them are pretty touchy subjects, but like once he was like in the van, um, it was winter. And then there was this, the, we were at an after party and there was this girl, uh, she was really nice. And she seemed like she was into me. Like we, she was hanging out with me all night, talking, whatever. We were, had some drinks, but, um, I had a girlfriend, so I was like, like, no, like, 
I'm not into this. And so like, I never acknowledged that I, I wasn't or was. And then eventually D bag just like eventually it was, it was a winter. I remember it was, it was winter and he had wasted all of our gas in our van to just sleep with this girl. And then he just like, he, he used my pillowcase for something and then he didn't tell me. And then it was just, it was just really, really disrespectful and stupid. Um, so he did that kind of stuff onto her. Dude, when when you say that you got in physical fights, like, are we talking sixth grade, like, wrestling matches, or are we talking, like, throwing fists? We're talking throwing fists. You like, guys, you guys legitimately, like, like, would uppercut each other in the face. Yeah. Like, he would, per- <laughs> like, we actually, like, so many times we would just get in physical. I think the very first physical fight was when it was, like, Finally, everybody was like, holy shit, like, this is fucked. It, w- it was so stupid. Like, we'd go to Liam's house to practice, uh, and he lived in a different town, or city, technically the town. And uh, so we'd go there, and, man, I'll talk about it, but it's 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 the final tour, the, the, the final, the last straw, the last stretch of my band. And uh, a, a, not a lot, but some stuff just happened along the way that was just, pretty brutal like the the whole the our last tour we ended up um what happened was miles uh the bass player he ended up uh leaving the band and our other friend from where our vocalist was from came in to play bass and this guy was awesome like no hard feelings for miles he wanted to go better himself and go to school because remember he put his university days on hold to join this band so eventually he, he was out east, right? Like he was out in Halifax or something. You said no, no, no. that was the vocalist. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Miles, he he was like the he was the writer. He was a really smart guy that like did really well in school for writing and stuff. So that's what he wanted to go to university for, I guess. I don't really know um, what he went for, but um, yeah. So like, but the thing is, up until this point, we're all getting pretty tired of this. Uh, continuously touring thing and not getting anything out of it. Like we, we, we toured over a dozen times. We've always put our own money, uh, blood and sweat into this, these tours. We never came out on the other end with anything other than our, our label being like, Hey, uh, you guys need to tour more and get your name out and work harder and, and, and whatnot. So it was really frustrating and we didn't ever want to play Winnipeg cause we didn't want to, um, oversaturate our stay in winnipeg like we didn't want to play every single show in winnipeg um people would get bored eventually i we assumed um and but, the, the label ne- never gave you an advance or anything it wasn't like hey here's some money go tour it was just go tour and we'll help you distribute your record yeah that's basically what what it was is we'll help you distribute your record you go tour get your name out there and that's it. That's all we ever really heard ever. And uh, there was something though. The final tour, um, something was supposed to happen after the final tour, um, was pretty exciting, but it didn't actually happen. Spoiler alert. Um, so what happened was the first physical fight is the, the final tour, the final stretch. We um, had to we practiced at Liam's house for like three or four days straight every day. Like we would get up and my hands at this point, like you've heard that song, it's chugging. It's just straight chugging. So it's like 
my hands and my wrists and my fingers are all getting all sore and we have to go on tour and play these songs every night. And I'm just like, okay, like, and everybody agrees with me that we need to like, just like chill out and like take a break instead of, you know, playing the same songs over and over for like five or six hours a day. Like it was getting so repetitive and it's like, we know these songs. We only have a certain amount of songs. We haven't written anything new in a while. It's like, why do we have to continuously, it was like the third day or something like that. And I'm just like, dude, we just need to relax. We're going on tour. Let's relax with our friends and just like, cause we won't see them for a long time and just, you know, chill. And D bag fucking flipped shit. We're sitting there in Liam's basement playing Mortal Kombat. I remember it was supposed to be like the very last Mortal Kombat. It was pretty fucking sweet. You could like make your own character and shit. Um, and we're all having a good time laughing and playing this game. And D-Bag comes up to us and he's like, guys, we have to practice now. Like, get up. Let's go. And I'm just like, dude, it's like me. I don't remember who I was playing, but I was playing. And I don't remember like who I was against. But like, he's, I'm like, dude, we're, we're playing a match right now. It's like we've been practicing these songs and i'm the only one talking at this point everybody else is quiet like he's the abusive dad or something and i'm just like dude we've been playing these songs like non-stop for days like let's just chill and like have a good time before we have to leave to go on tour now really we had video games we could play on tour because we had this uh it was called an eliminator i don't know we picked it up from a walmart one tour and we had a tv in the back of our tour van that sat on top of a bass amp it was a tube TV, so like, and it sat on an amp, so it made all the color all weirdly wonky because of the magnets and the amp. Um, but we had like Smash Bros and stuff like that, so we had video games that we could play on the road because the battery from the car charged this Eliminator thing. So then we had a consistent, I don't know, electric current. Um, but anyway, so I'm sitting there and I'm I'm playing this game. And I'm fighting. I remember my character. He's fucking cool. And some dude with a sword and a scarf. He looks sweet. And and D-Bag is just like, come on, guys. Let's go. Let's go practice. And I'm just like, I'm like, over in my head, I'm just like, I'm like, guy, get the fuck off my back. Like, we are, like, we're trying to just relax before we have to hit the road. And at this point, everyone's really sick of being on, on the road. Like, we have this really shitty uh, tour van. It barely goes 100. It doesn't go 100. We go to, like, I think it was, like, 80 or 90 or something. Like, that's all we could push out of this thing with all our gear and everybody in it. It had no air conditioning. It had no heat. It had a hole in the ground. We were just pretty much tired of doing the same thing with no results. And it's, like, and it's progressively getting worse for me because D-Bag is just, like just making it not fun anymore he was just like completely taking it in a weird direction and it just didn't feel right anymore and i would i hadn't i I couldn't have been the only one to feel that way like there's no way that i was the only one to feel that way so we're playing the game and then d-bag comes and he drop kicks me in the back of the head (laughs) what he is just like fuming you're sitting in the van no 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 we were in we were in liam's basement Oh, oh, in so the basement, think, I'm sorry. Think of a, a, like a normal like couch, three couch sitting area, a coffee table, big screen TV. Uh, and like he comes, and I'm sitting on the floor because when I play console video games, I have to sit really close to the TV for some reason. He comes up to me and he just drop kicks me in the back of the head and everybody, silent, silent. I get up and I turn, I throw the controller down and we just start going at it. And the thing is like, I'm small, but I grew up like, you know, 
fighting people and stuff. He's kind of, he's taller than me, but he's really scrawny. So like we start going at it, and I start kicking the shit out of him because he can't like keep up with me. So then he falls to the ground. And man, I've never been kicked so hard in the nuts before in my entire life. He just hoofed heel and everything straight into my nuts. I thought I was gonna puke, but I was just like, dude, I can't stop now because like this guy has just straight been pissing me off for like weeks, and I just have to like keep going so i just keep pounding on this guy and like <laughs> eventually i knock the wind out of him and like i punch him in the jaw and then he starts like wheezing and doing weird shit so then our um our vocalist he's big this guy's he's a big dude like he's probably like i don't know six feet maybe six feet i think he's maybe but he's like a larger dude so he pulls me off of him and just like i'm fuming like i'm like i'm going to kill this guy he's such a piece of shit and then like he just twiddles off. He just like walks off to the band practice room, doesn't say anything to anyone, just plugs his guitar in and just starts playing. And we're all just like, I'm, they're just trying to like calm me down and they don't even give a shit about D bag. Cause he's off doing his own thing. And like, I go outside just to calm down and whatever. And like, that's when it kind of just got like the very end. This is like the last stretch at that point in my head. I was just like, you know what? I don't give a shit what comes after this. I'm out. Like this is this is it. I'm done. So you guys were supposed to go on tour, but you broke up before that. No, no, no. So we we were practicing for this final tour. So in my head, I was the only one that I knew that was out at the time. I had I had clocked out then and there, but I didn't know that other people were thinking about getting out as well. So uh, basket case, we'll call him basket case. Um, he's the new guy who came to be the bass player. Now, uh, he's an awesome dude. Don't take his nickname as something bad, but I don't know. Basket Case is a uh, kind of a Green Day reference, but it has nothing to do with Green Day. Um, he's an awesome dude. He just joined the band as the bass player. So that's, again, that's another reason why we were we were practicing is so that he could learn the songs. I mean, we only had like... 12 songs or something like that and he knew them all front to back before he even joined the band because uh, i don't know he just did they're super easy like four chord songs um so like he did he was like just joined joined the band so he was like pretty stoked to play but everybody else is pretty much on the like the last their last straw here they were just like pretty much done i didn't know this until like the second last day on tour um, me and the last, this, this last tour, uh, like me and D bag, we barely ever talked. We only talked when we had to. Um, and that was it. Um, we didn't like go out together if, if I went and it was kind of weird how it was split up. Cause it was like me and Liam and, uh, the vocalist would go out or like me, miles and like basset case would go out or something like that. But that we never like i was never the one to go with the group with uh, d bag so that happened the fighting happened we packed up all our shit we didn't speak about it it felt like a crazy mennonite family because we didn't speak about our problems um so we oh excuse me so we packed up our stuff and we did the tour the tour was amazing we had so much fun it was probably the best tour that we went on. Um, again, we went on this tour with like no money. Uh, we we re- relied on show money to get to the next show. 
and we brought merch with us. That's where all our money came from was selling t-shirts. Um, what else did we sell? I think we had like a couple sweaters, but it was mostly, yeah, we did. We had sweaters, but it was mostly t-shirts. And did and, you, uh, you guys have a record at this time that you're selling to, or you're trying yeah, to? So, so this is, um, we, oh yeah, we had a record as well that we were trying to sell. This is the record that we went to Govin for. Um, and this is like a couple tours after we had already recorded that album. So we hadn't like written anything new. Well, I had written something new. I think I wrote something with somebody. I think it was me and Liam. Um, we started writing some stuff together. Uh, the drummer and uh, me, the guitarist, we just started writing some stuff together, but it wasn't like the full band. When you were on so, tour, like how many dates were, or like how many days were you guys on the road? Um, a lot. We were on tour for a long time. I think the last one we went on was like just under almost a month. So you go, you're like going that, for like like good amounts of time, and then are are you crashing on people's couches or sleeping out of the van, or what are you guys doing for that? We're either crashing on people's couches, mostly floors and um the van uh when we stayed at west edmonton mall we actually slept in the parking lot in the van and it was the worst experience of my life five sweaty dudes trying to sleep inside this van crammed to the roof with with gear was the worst thing i think i've ever had to do um but uh what was i gonna say oh yeah there, there was one time um one of our like we had a bunch of there was like another band on the same label we were and they came uh, when we got to their their city they came with us on a, for a couple dates and um we did that that was really fun one of them got a hotel room once and uh, i was like sweet we get to actually sleep in like a bed or something like that or and party or something like that but it was like one hotel room for like i don't know like 12 dudes and then whoever else came to party. So I was like, well, I guess n- no one's sleeping anywhere. And whoever gets the bed is the lucky ones. But so trying, the thing about to, that. You're trying to make enough money literally to pay for gas and have a little bit of food and beer. Yeah. Not even beer. Like we didn't, we didn't even have money for beer. It was literally gas. And now it was literally just gas. And um, granola bars. Yeah. Well, not even. Um, it was gas basically. And then. Uh, the, the, our friends are the ones that rented the hotel room, so we didn't even pay for it. Um, and the thing is, I thought it was going to be a really fun party, but this is probably the one out of the two times in my entire life that I've actually blacked out. I guess I don't know if I drank too much or, or, or smoked too much or what I did, but um, I I woke up behind a TV, the t- like you know, um, like you know, late. 90s early 2000s those gigantic tv stands that everybody had those huge wooden pieces of junk that don't didn't make any sense in hotel rooms too yeah yeah it was in a hotel room i woke up behind that thing in the morning on a couch cushion with i don't think i was wearing much clothes i don't think i was wearing any clothes at all so i don't really remember um what happened that night i remember there being a pullout couch I remember my friend. I really liked his his uh, ginger beard that he had, and then I in the then in, in the morning I was awake behind this TV cabinet on a couch cushion. I don't even yeah. So I don't really know what happened at that point. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of like what the conditions were for touring was. We didn't have any money for anything but gas. 
Um, some some of them like the parents gave like Miles and 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 D bag some money for like you know extra stuff, but I had nothing. I basically had whatever I brought. Um, I think I bought before we left Gimli. <clears throat> I bought a Mickey, and then we it was like tradition to buy a porno mag. Uh, on the way out, so that's what I bought. Is I bought the mag and I bought a Mickey, and that was it. That's all I had for this tour. Who cares about eating? No, that's all dude, you needed. Yeah, that's all I needed was, or we needed was. I just needed a Mickey, and then I, the porno mag was just some <laughs> some tradition that we had every every tour we went on. We we bought a porno mag. I, I think it stayed in like the glove box the whole time, oh uh, as far as my knowledge. I don't know. Um, but um. the thing is, was like. D bag and I, we would we basically stole Red Bulls and beef jerky at at gas stations to feed ourselves. I literally lived off Red Bull and beef jerky for multiple tours. Um, how many people are you guys playing for? Like, how many people go to these shows? They were mostly like community cl- uh, club type shows, and usually, and the cool thing about it was they were like sold out like packed shows i remember playing this show in swan river and i think i was actually looking up uh some old just uh, some stuff when i was trying to find some music for you and i actually found some like old posts from that swan river show that we played man that i did not expect that show to be that freaking insane and we were head all the shows that we played we headlined because d-bag was really manipulative and he basically got us to headline every show um excuse me so what happened was like we get to swan river we get to this venue and it's this huge like auditorium like well like a gymnasium it would say like a gymnasium and they had set up this like um i guess it's a portable stage it was huge and we're just like well okay this is weird we're never gonna fill this room like this room is gonna have like 10 kids in it and that's that um and then there's me and like Miles. We're we're having a, a a 360 flip competition to see who can do the most 360 flips. And uh, to this day, I've only landed like one, like really good one. And I think it is in a video that I was going to show you. And that's it. I I can't do those. I can do them nolly. I lied. I can do nolly trays. Anyway, so. We're just in this venue setting up. Every they're like setting up the stage is when we get there, and 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 uh, D Bag and Miles are are after we've me and we've skated inside the venue for a while. Um, they're talking to the promoters and stuff, and I'm just kind of off doing my own little thing. I'm not really paying attention, and so I'm like alling off the stage and whatever. And then we um, I go to get my guitar from uh, the van, and I look outside, and there's a huge fucking line. There's a line for this show that starts in like three hours. I was like, what? There's no way they're here for this. There's There's got to be something else going on. So I go and I get my guitar and I, I go on stage and I like uh, throw it up there and I like start tuning my guitar and stuff and uh, I'm whatever. And then I just go back to the merch table because I usually just hung out there and played. We played a lot of Tron on an old MacBook when we were at the at the merch table. I don't know why we played Tron, but we did. And then um, it got to the point where all the other bands were coming and the show started, the lights dimmed and all the bands and everything got set up. We filled that auditorium or gymnasium. Like there was no, 
no floor space for moshing. And I don't know if you've seen hardcore dancing before, but you need quite a bit of room to flail those arms and kick those high kicks. Yeah. Um, so it was a sardine can at a hardcore show. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, I've never seen, we never had a crowd that big before. It was massive. Like, so many people showed up to the show. And we're like, okay, yeah, well, there must be a really good local band that people are here to see. And, uh, like, the local bands go on first. And there's, like, hardly anybody on the stage. There's tons of people outside smoking. And we're like, okay, well, I guess people just come out to. I don't know, just hang out, not really listen to bands. And then we get on stage and people are flooding in from outside and just like getting in. And then they're, they're screaming our songs like play operation Barboza and all this other song. And we're like, what? These people even know our songs. I was just like, what? I was, we were so confused on stage. We didn't know, really know how to react. And then we just start playing songs and like, kids just start screaming lyrics and throwing their fists up jumping on stage and crowd surfing and stuff we're like this is the most insane show we've ever played this was nuts so that's the story of swan river but anyway yeah there was um some posts that i saw and, and there was a bunch of people and uh, i don't even think they have accounts anymore because they're just like i don't know they're they're, they're blurred out or whatever or they're just question marks or whatever the heck myspace or wherever i was looking does they're just like oh amazing show blah blah blah. we love it we've been waiting for this for so long blah, blah all this other stuff i'm just like man <laughs> little uh, it, that's when it kind of felt like hey holy shit people know who we are like this is kind of cool that, that's when the game changed too i think is that around that time when myspace started um allowing people like people in the music world to have some sort of a distribution platform Right, like they, their music was accessible to a wider audience. That's when the game started to change, right? Because back in the day, when um, people weren't using the internet to reach wider audiences and music and film and all these great things, it's a different ball game now, right? Like it was all about record labels back then, and that's how you'd get known. And now, like you don't even need a label behind you to build a big following. No, we, we, we kind of entered the game at a really strange time where our label uh, label still felt that, hey, you need to show your faces and play all the all these shows and everything, but yet we still were number one on the hardcore charts for MySpace for a very long time. So it was like we were in that internet age, but yet our label still wanted us to have more of a physical appearance. I mean, it makes sense, but like, yeah, it was kind of a, like we made it into that transitional area era of like, internet versus um labels trying to just get you to go ever all over the world so you guys toured like you toured you finished up your tour you, you had built up resentment or animosity a couple members aren't feeling like super into the whole band thing anymore and then what happens like you come back to Gimli and you guys just break up or what well first First, this whole time, I'm still the only one in my mind that feels like I'm going to leave after this tour. Like I told my girlfriend at the time, um, and I was like, in my mindset, I was just like, yeah, I'm totally done. Um, but I didn't know about anybody else. Like, I mean, they replaced the drummer before, they replaced the bass player. Now it's like, this band is seems super popular. It's not going to be hard that hard to replace me as well. Well, um, 
little did I know, uh, I wasn't the only one that felt this way. So I, we were in the, uh, in, I can't remember where we were. I think it was West Edmonton, Edmonton Mall, actually. And it was, uh, we were going to get some lunch, me and uh, this couple of the guys. And I overheard Liam and the vocalist talking on the escalator saying like, yeah, I think whatever, I think this is going to be my last tour. And I was just like, my head was just like, what the fuck? Maybe I'm not. The, and they like, I'm, I wonder if this has to do with D-Bag. And I'm like trying just to like mind my own business while they chatter. And they didn't say anything about it. But we get to the food court and sure enough, we sit down and they're still talking about it. And I get involved and they actually want to leave the band as well because of D-Bag and how much he is a D-Bag, like how he's trying to control everything, how he's just like, yeah, it was basically they wanted to leave because of him, too. So that changed everything. So I knew that not only was this the last tour that we were all going to be like that I was going to be with them, but it's the last tour I think ever that this band is going to do because it sounds like everybody's going to leave at the end. So just remember, we all knew this probably halfway into the tour now, like we all have been talking except for D-Bag. So he doesn't know. So we're just like, okay, well, we will play it out and see where this goes. I think one of us, I can't remember who it was, uh, was on the fence, um, was still like, yeah, I kind of want to do this. It might have been Basket Case because he just got in there. But um, yeah, so so what happened was uh, we get to our second last show. No, it was like, yeah, we finished our second last show. We're back in Selkirk. I can never remember if it was Steinbeck or Selkirk. I think it was Selkirk, but I can't remember. So we're we're back in Selkirk and we're at our friend's place. And uh, one of our ba- friends from another band, he's there with this girl. It's her house, I guess. And um, he's playing World of Warcraft, and we're me and a couple of the guys. We're just chatting. Um, and then I guess in another room, D Bag and the vocalist got in a huge fight, and like he just freaking lost it on, on, on D bag. And was just like, fuck this. Fuck you. I'm out. So then the vocalist comes into the kitchen and he's just like, you know what? I just fucking quit. Like, I'm just done. I can't handle this shit anymore. I'm done. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, and then D bag comes in and he's like, he's like, guys, the vocals just quit the band. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm out too. And then everybody else is just like, raise their hands. And there's like, yeah, we've all discussed it we're all done now and d-bag is just destroyed like uh our friend playing world of warcraft they're they're just trying not to like get in the middle so they're just continue playing world of warcraft and d-bag is just like he just lost it he's just like not even in a, like a like a screaming fit way he just was like it seemed like super sad like how could you guys do this to me kind of thing but he didn't thinking, he didn't like drop kick your friend who was playing a video game in the head Sorry? Yeah. He, he didn't drop your, kick your friend in the head. Yeah. Like, I was just like, and the thing, this, the thing to this day is he doesn't understand why we wanted to leave and why he was the problem. And that just hurts, hurts my brain, hurts my brain that he doesn't see that he was the cause of our band to break up. So. Like, I don't, I don't know this guy, right? Yeah. But I know you well enough that, like, a guy doesn't get a nickname of D bag for no reason at all. Oh, ho, ho, ho. No, <laughs> like this guy. 
Oh my goodness. Like after, like, okay, so let's continue on. And then more of his shit comes up. Cause it's like, even though that we're a broken up band and stuff, his shit still hits the fan. Dude, you know, you know, when people have like dirt under their fingernails and it just bugs them, like yeah. stuff under their skin. Yeah. D bag sounds like the freaking little like creepy crawlies stuck under your fingernails and just oh, never get he out. Is, he is that exact thing. And the thing is, there's two people, uh, three people in this entire world that can get under my skin. Like there's there's not a lot of people that can make me feel like uh scared or awkward other than guess. your grandpa. Uh, well he he's different, but yeah, okay, we'll we'll make it four if, if okay, we're four. Okay, so your grandpa D bag, yeah, yeah, some guy from Toys R Us days. No. Oh geez, okay, I give up. Who? <laughs> okay, so there's my my grandfather who. It's not like I get mad when he gets under my skin, but it's like he knows how to manipulate my emotions to get under my skin. That's that's a little bit different. There's D-Bag, who is just just a piece of work. He just he's just like alpha male, always has to be right, um, his way or the no or no way kind of deal. Um, the guy now, okay, I talked about this before, but I left and I don't remember what I called him or what his nickname was. So I'm just going to have to, people are just going to have to bear with me here. But the guy that I was friends with before I left Winnipeg. Okay. So let me talk about him and the previous drummer of the band really quick. So back when. This is one of the guys, you didn't finish the four guys. Is this one of the guys who gets oh, under well, your skin? Well, okay, so there's there's my grandfather would be the fourth, and then there's D-Bag, there's this guy that was my friend, and then there's my very first girlfriend that I had in Gimli. What did we call her, Yarrow? That's what I think we called her. Yarrow. Yeah, and, and so, so those, it's a, it's a female. The fourth one's a female. And so this this guy that was your friend in Winnipeg before Gimli, he's one of the guys that you're going to talk about right now, and he's one of the guys who gets under your skin. Yes, this guy to this day, to this day, man, to this day, he still gets to me because, oh, okay. So (laughs) this one's just a rage, rage cast. We'll just call it rage cast. Okay, so this guy sounds good. So when Liam came in the band, right, and our the other drummer got kicked out and he like flipped shit, right? Um, So he the other drummer. The guy that got kicked out, I started hanging out with um, just because he asked to hang out and he wanted me to bring my guitar over. So I brought my guitar over and we started playing songs in his in his uh, garage. And me being a nice guy, but not be, really being a nice guy, he's like, hey, we should start a band. And I'm like, OK, kind of like I don't really want to because sorry, but he's not that great of a drummer. But I'll, I'll just come over, drink some beers and play guitar. But and then he, we just started playing music and. We only hung out like four or five times doing this, and he he thought that we were a band. So I, I was I was the asshole in that situation. But then the guy, um, n- n- and take take for example, just take an account. Okay, I don't know how to really explain this, but just imagine your best friend one day, right? Like I don't I don't I don't want to call names for best friends, but let's just say your best friend one day. We'll call, um, we'll call we'll call it Declan. Declan's my okay. best friend. Declan's your best let's friend. Let's say let's say Declan. All right. So Declan's your best friend, and say you're moving to Africa for a year, and you don't see him, and you can't 
talk to him, right? So you haven't seen this guy in a very long time. So that's kind of like how what happened to me was in Gimli. When I moved to Gimli, I didn't see that guy anymore. Like I never saw him for a like a year or two until he decided to come to my restaurant one day and asked me to go skate. And I was like, okay. So that's like the only time I saw him. And then one and day, by like your restaurant, you mean Whitecaps? Yeah, Whitecaps. Okay. So uh, then, what happened is I joined the band. Um, I uh, the drummer, the ex drummer, was really pissed off at me that I joined the band because he knows how much of a piece of shit D Bag is. So he's like pretty mad that I could be friends with D Bag um, and be friends with this guy at the same time, even though I lived at the cabin and hung out with these guys every day. He was just really pissed that I. Uh, decided to be in a band with them instead of him. So uh, dick move on my part, I guess, for not um, acknowledging that I didn't actually fully want to be in a band with this guy. Hold on, though... hold on, dude. If you jam with a guy a few times and hang out with him, and the guy thinks that you have a quote-unquote band, the guy's delusional. Like, he's kidding himself. So don't think that you did anything wrong. Like, <laughs> the guy is... The guy is out of order for thinking that you guys had a band for jamming a couple times. Yeah, like I didn't feel like I didn't feel that terrible because, but then he had like it was just like built up issues I guess he had with the way that he got kicked out and then he used to hang out with us a lot too and like then he just stopped hanging out and like I guess he was just like mad his resentment against these uh, these guys um, and it and it kind of sucked. Like I always like told him, Hey man, you should come hang out. And he's just like, nah, it's like D bags house. I don't want to be around those guys. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, sorry, man. So we have the, the ex drummer's story and how much he feels hatred towards D bag and this whole crew for kicking him out. Now this is where it gets a kind of weird is because the guy that I was friends with in Winnipeg, we were like best friends. We hung out, slept, had sleepovers and whatnot before I left he also came to the cabin to party one night. So he's there partying, and I'm like, hey, man, I haven't seen it forever. How's it going? Whatever. Uh, cool. When we have beers and whatnot, maybe a joint. I don't really remember. Um, but then I had to get something from a car, I remember. And there's like, so there's a backyard uh, to this cabin, and then there's like a ditch, and there's a bridge that went over the ditch because the ditch was really big. So I went over the bridge to go to the car to get something i don't remember what i had to go get maybe i think it was a sweater and then i came back and the drummer was standing on one side of the bridge i was in the middle and that guy from back in winnipeg was at the other end of the bridge this was the one of the scariest like pins i have ever been in i didn't even know what like was going on i'm like dudes cool like what's going on and like one guy, the drummer was like, how dare you join the band? Um, Like, you were supposed to play with me. Like, why would you do this? The other guy was like, you don't deserve to be in the band. I should be in the band. This is the guy from Winnipeg, who was apparently one of my best friends before I left. So that's where it got weird. Whereas, like, he's just like, you know, we're out skating, doing, learning feebles together one day. And the next day, he's yelling at me for getting something that he didn't get like there are two wolves on a deer carcass and you're the deer carcass yeah standing in the middle of a bridge that's what it felt like this drummer guy huge 300 pounds 
like probably six four. This guy was big. The other guy, scrawny as hell, like he's whatever. But I was just like, w- and they were angry. They were like pissed off, angry. Like I thought I was gonna get the shit kicked out of me. Um, so they they like cornered me and they slow walked me to the middle of the bridge. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, yo, I'm sorry, but like I'm in the band to the drummer. I'm like, yo, I'm in the band. I still wanted to be friends with you. You're the one that kind of pushed me away. Maybe he didn't see it that way. Obviously, he didn't see it that way, but. And then the other guy, I'm just like, I have no idea where this is coming from. This is really weird. I'm like, first of all, in my head, I've seen you play guitar. You, you can't even do a freaking G chord without hitting a wrong string or something like that. I don't know. In my head, it was just like, you, you can't even play guitar. So I don't even understand why you're mad. And I was like, second of all, I didn't even know they were looking for another guitarist. <laughs> like I thought I was the first one they asked. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, they were they were like about to kick the shit out of me, I think. Um, but I was, you know, malnourished. I barely ate because of like money, not having money. We drank more than we ate and I was a pretty small dude. So I squirrely squirmed and ran past the drummer. I just like ran past him. And then like, I was so scared. I just booked it to the cabin and I just like went inside and I like, I think I told people what had happened. And then after that, I, I think those two left. I think they like came together and then they left together because I just think I think the party just went on from there. So you didn't get beat up. You were it was like getting confrontational where you felt a little sketched out. Luckily, you kind of got out of it and that was the end of it. But it could have ended up differently. Yeah, definitely. Like actually, when I, I remember now when I was running away, the drummer actually grabbed my arm. But I'm really squirmy really squirmy and squirrely so like i got my arm loose pretty quick and uh i just booked it to the cabin i was just like i can't even believe i can't even believe that that happened um funny story about that um d-bag's girlfriend at the time that he had let's just also he wasn't very faithful to that girl um is now married to the drummer the ex-drummer yeah um yeah so that happened and then from there on uh me and the the skateboarding guy from winnipeg we didn't get along we just didn't see eye to eye like we didn't talk he'd be at shows and like like he used to come to our shows like we played a couple in winnipeg and he like would come to shows and say hi man what's up and like shake my hand and like say good show and stuff like that and then now nothing just like just cold shoulder man it was really, really weird. And do you still see this guy around sometimes? Uh, I had to... Okay, so... Um, <laughs> this guy really gets under your skin. Oh, man. So this guy, now, if it stayed there, I would have been okay. Oh, I did mention this guy. Okay, so he's the reason, this is the same guy, the reason why I broke up with that girl. Yeah, he's that guy. That's who I he figured is that it was. Guy. Yeah, okay. So it's totally that guy. Now, he dated that girl, I don't even know how long. I don't even think they dated very long. Okay, so let, let's set the table. We're going to call him that guy. That guy. Yeah, just to recap, because I'm, I'm with you here. Let's just like recap just to make sure everybody's on the same page. So... When you're dating Yarrow, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I want to make sure I got this right here. Yeah, yeah. 
You're dating Yarrow. Yarrow's parents own the White Cap in Gimli. Um, you're living above the restaurant for a bit. Yarrow starts getting kind of distant, saying she's going to visit her brother in Winnipeg, and her brother ends up being, air quotes, that guy. That yeah. guy comes back into the picture because he thought you were in a band together when you had just jammed a few times, and now that guy is like back in the picture and getting under your skin. No, no, he wasn't the drummer. No, no, I said, no, sorry, I said that guy, you had jammed with that guy a couple times, and that guy thought you were in a band, had started a band together just by jamming. Yeah, no, that guy is the guy from Winnipeg. The drummer, old drummer, is the guy that... Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But that guy is the one that caused the breakup with Yarrow, because she... Yeah. That guy was the one that Yarrow said was her brother she was going to visit. Yeah. That is, that's the, that guy. <laughs> so now we've painted a picture. Yeah. And you see that guy around now and again, and he gets under your skin. Oh my God. I don't see him as much as I did. And that is like, okay, so that, man, I want to tell that whole story, but that is like, it's coming up. That's in the future. That's like, oh, fuck. We'll come back to that guy. Let's finish off the band part. Okay. So we're back in the band. We're at the we're in the house where our friend's playing World of Warcraft and uh we all just told D-Bag that we're quitting the band. What does D-Bag do? He takes our van with all of our gear and fucks off. Like he just gets in the van in Selkirk and drives away. Leaves us all stranded and fucks off. Our last show was there too, uh, of the tour, and uh, there was this band that was playing from Winnipeg. They're really good. Um, they actually didn't like us very much because we were like post-hardcore, so we didn't fit in the click of actual hardcore. So the actual hardcore kids, which um, I'm gonna tip my hat to you, fuckheads, right now because I don't like any of you. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they they just like uh, they're so clicky. Um, but they uh, they played that last show. Um, it felt really weird having to pay for a show that we were going to play at. And before, prior to this, we were all so used to going to shows for free, basically, because we played them all. So we got to see all these really cool bands like Cancer Bats and Dagger Mouth and stuff for free. Um, and then we actually had to pay to get into this band. Now, I didn't actually have any money. So uh, this girl that I knew that I had met on tour, I think we're... We stayed at her sister's place. I can't remember where it was, but we stayed at her sister's place. I met her on tour, and uh, uh, we got kind of close. And, uh, oh, man, I totally forgot to talk about something. Um, okay, next time. We'll start with that next time. So I get to um, – uh, we get to this last show, and this girl that I know, uh, she paid for me. And the band – the last band, we were supposed to be the last band, but the last band that was from Winnipeg that we really liked, um, we liked their music, we didn't like the dudes. Uh, I can't remember how the saying went. Good music, bad dudes, good something, or good dudes, bad music. I don't know. We had some stupid saying about it. Um, and they basically called us out super hardcore. They're just like, hey, we're uh we're cities I've never seen and oh wait 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 never mind never mind that band just broke up they were just complete dickheads about it 
just like totally called us out for breaking up as a band and I think they even I, I think at some point they said we were a shitty band anyway. It didn't bother me. I on didn't really stage. Care. They're on stage and they said this to the audience. Yeah, they said this to the audience. So so yeah. you're supposed to play the show in Selkirk, D Bag takes off with the van, you still wanna see the show. Instead of playing the show, you have to pay to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> and and we're all split up. Like we all split up at this point. Like uh, a basket case had met a girl on tour and he hung out with her and like, it was so close to Winnipeg. So like all our friends from Winnipeg came to see us. Um, so like I was with this girl and uh, these dudes, which uh, spoiler later become my best friends, my current group of friends. Um, they're all together. And like uh, everybody's just with this different, like um, Liam has his girlfriend came. So he was with her and we were just all split up. We I don't think we talked at all that show. And it felt like a funeral. It was really freaking weird. So the show ends, right? And uh, there's two things that happen here. One, we all start walking out of the venue. And we all kind of meet up at the same time at the door. So it felt really weird to walk out the door at different times. But we saw each other. D-Bag wasn't there. He still fucked off somewhere. Um, so it just felt really weird. And then also we all realized we're all stranded in Selkirk. So um, none of us talked to each other. I don't know how the other dudes got back to Winnipeg, but I got back to Winnipeg. So um, this girl that I had met, they had brought their friends with them. And they're like these friends of mine, they're, they're kind of they're much younger than me. They're like four four years younger than me. Not much younger, but like four, four or five. I think they're four or five years younger than me. And probably four. And then, um, so I'm like, Hey, I need a, like, are you guys going back to Winnipeg? Would you mind dropping me off somewhere so I can go home? And I'm like, and this girl's like, yeah, sure. Hold on. Let me ask somebody. And my current friend, he's one of my best friends. He, uh, he's just like, Oh yeah, man, we'll drive you home. No worries about it. Just, just get, just get in the car. We'll go. He wasn't even driving. He was just the guy there. He was just hanging out. So, uh, so then the guy who's driving, who's a really cool dude right now, if he ever listens to this, man, you're one of the, my best friends. I wish we hung out more, but you're super cool. And uh, he's just so cool about it. He's like, yeah, man, we'll uh, we'll take you home. So um, this girl was my savior. I had no idea what I was going to do. I haven't talked to any of the bandmates about anything. Um, I was just playing it by ear and I had found that this girl was asked her friends to give me a ride back to the city so I could go to my, I think I was going to either go to my aunt's or my grandfather's. I had no idea where, which, where I was going to go. Um, cause and, you're, still, uh, you're still living in Winnipeg or Winnipeg. You're still living in Gimli at this time. You just were uh, actually, I'm not. So I, I forgot to mention that part, but I, one, uh, this is like, I'll talk about this after it kind of, it's a kind of a, a little bit of a depressing state. Um, I ended up actually moving back to Winnipeg at one point. I moved out of the cabin and I moved back home to stay with my grandfather. Um, but there's some stuff that I think we'll bring up uh, in the future that we'll, we'll be able to talk about this. Okay. So what happens is um, I'm like, sweet, you guys are, you guys are awesome. And uh, I remember there's this, like the girl had a really good friend and they were best friends. And, um, they had the guys in that band that were calling out my band for not for breaking up and not being there. 
they actually had stole her alcohol because they were straight edge. So this is the type of guys that these 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 people are. So they stole her alcohol out of the car um, because they were straight edge or probably didn't like them or something like that because they're just a bunch of assholes. Um, so after she was just really upset about um, her alcohol being stolen, again, I think she, that this girl was underage. So it, whatever, she couldn't go buy out more alcohol anyway. So we ended up going back to Winnipeg. Um, so we're I'm exhausted. Like mentally and physically exhausted because we just had this long ass tour um i probably haven't showered in a really long time um i just found out the whole band was gonna uh, didn't want to be together we just had broken up um and i'm just going and i'm just in this car i'm just like oh you know like i'm going home it's like i was shipwrecked or something and it's like oh i finally just get to go home and relax and, and and get some some sleep in a bed and uh that's not what happened that's that is not what happened at all um so i lived in north kildonan or my aunt lived in north kildonan so did my grandfather we got to where the chief pegwis bridges there on maine in uh by um i can't remember where it is now it's by that that new skate park that i wanted to take you to um we get there and, uh, and we're driving past chief pegwis bridge now to get to my place you have to go over the chief pegwis bridge and i'm like i'm like hey uh driver I'll just call him driver for now. Like, hey driver, um, take a take a left here because my house is just right around there. And the girl looks at to me, and she just like puts her, throws her arms around me and says, "You're not going home, dude." I'm just like, hold on. In my head, like a thousand and like five things just ran through my head. I'm just like. I went on tour for so long. I barely have eaten anything. I've stolen Red Bull and jerky. I've been talking with a band about breaking up. Um, we had this party. We broke up. We just saw a show where the the band just totally just called us out for not being there and breaking up because we were a shitty band. And now I finally figure out that I get a ride home from you through your friends. And we pass my turn off and I'm not going home. Ben, hello. Samurai Guitars. What's good, man? Sitting here with Chris Friedman. Hey, guys. Oh, tell him I say hi. I'm right here. Hey. Oh, hey. Chris Friedman is an expert in gent, and he's going to explain what gent is to you. Okay, I'm looking I'm looking forward to hearing this. All right, so, so what's your take on the gent genre? Did you watch my my origins of music genre name video? Might have. Okay, my understanding. My understanding of the name is that it's like a subgenre of metal. Though people, some people say that it's not actually a subgenre, and that it comes from the the sound that your guitar makes, like jun 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 jun, and people just kind of started uh, associating that sound with a style. Spot on. So so one more time, uh, how would a gent riff sound? How did gent riff sound? Yeah, yeah, like how gent 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 Perfect. Perfect. Now, what kind of guitar do you think 
um, you would use for this gent sound. Oh, and <laughs> gauge of string, maybe. Uh, something that's pointy. Something with EMG pickups in it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking like you gotta like draw like an eight an eight string. Oh, an eight string, yeah, yeah. Maybe, no, maybe a nine string. A six string. It's like against the law or something. Yeah, like, and I'm also thinking uh, you use like well, I don't even know how thick those strings are, but like your E string would be like a thirteen. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like definitely have to be a thirteen. Like yeah, seven to nine. You know, maybe even if there's a ten string out there. I mean, you have a gent is on the lowest string possible. Um, <laughs> basically, yeah. I'm pretty sure you have a great understanding of what genting is. I I looked into it for a couple of videos because people just kept on commenting about it. And there's also, do you know the guitar player Rob Scallon? Have you ever heard of him? Yes, definitely. I so I I've met him a couple times. He's a pretty cool guy, and we got to talking about some of these concepts as well once, and he. Inform me a little bit on some of those things. Man, Gerard Scanlon is brilliant. Like his new, um, his like uh, what is it, eight string guitar or seven string that uh, he made because uh, all the other ones just look super metal, and he wanted it for just like tapping. Yeah, the Chapman, the Chapman yeah, one. Yeah, the Chapman one. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah, I'm cool. pretty sure you got a pretty good idea of genting. I appreciate this phone call. It's made my day. Well, here's the deal. You know what else you can appreciate? What, are we on a podcast right now? Might be. <laughs> appreciate if people go down to youtube.com slash samurai guitarist, hit subscribe. You can learn all about genting on a shovel, genting with a fishing rod, or genting with a pool cue. <laughs> You know where else people should head if they like to gent? Well, I'm guessing they should probably look good, so they should probably wear a suit when they're genting. Nobody gents harder than Angus Young. So, <laughs> if you want a pair of shorts, suit pants made into shorts, and a, a nice vest, three-piece suit with shorts, head on down to... Where do you go? Fishing hole? No, fapparel.com. Ephapparel.com. Promo code. Character. <laughs> I got a suit by them. It's amazing. You do have a suit by them. That you wore for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air video. Plug that. Yes, I did. Sweet video. So head on down to fapparel.com. Promo code character. Twenty percent off your Angus Young gent suit. Last but not least, intro music by Delicate Beats. Theme song by Me and Molly Music. And uh, go check them out on iTunes. Love you. Until next week. Samurai guitarist Chris Friesen. <laughs> Peace. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs>